Coming up on this episode, grab a bottle, pop the cork, and pour a glass of an exciting episode all about the world of wine, starting right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number something something I don't remember, recorded January 14th, 2021. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast for the two hosts who agree on everything. I am John. I am Sean Jennings, joined as always by our own sommelier. It is Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. How's it going, Sean? You know, they don't pay us enough to know the number of episodes we're on anyway, so, Honestly, so I say you know, just wing it. Well, two things. One, that is the one part of the show I do re-record later, so I'm not that worried about screwing it up. But also, um, it's it's when you have two podcasts. I, so this is one ninety six, by the way. Um, and on up for debate or on uh, don't, don't panic, panic this coming week is going to be three hundred. So oh, that's why I kind of got confused. Wow, three hundred episodes of Don't Panic, <sighs> unbelievable. And we'll be at two hundred in a in a couple months. Oh, that before the show, Sean and I were, were we were we were conversing spinoffs and spinoff podcasts, and uh, I, I I just it just came to me that I think the topic we were talking about uh, we probably should call that podcast panic. That would be a <laughs> Sean and Matt panic podcast about panic uh, with power tools. Yes, about about house maintenance. It's just um, it's just a lot of like buzz saw sounds and then us screaming. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> finding different things to panic about. Um, Absolutely, about the home. Yeah. So uh, we, we got we got a, a, a wine filled episode on uh, today's up for debate. We're going to be sommelier. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, Matt. Are you familiar with a sommelier? Uh, I, I I think that's French for a fancy wine snob. Am I right about that? Well, it actually translates to wine steward, a trained and knowledgeable wine professional. Uh, you actually have to be certified to be a sommelier, um, and it's quite uh, quite difficult to do. The Court of Master Sommeliers um, is the independent examining body uh, that actually awards these certificates and makes you an official sommelier. Wow. Um, so you have to be board, board certified to become Absolutely. one of these wine experts. You actually get a master's diploma. Hmm. Uh, since it was introduced, a total of 249 people from around the world have become master sommeliers. So it's very, very elite group. That's, you know, I, I, I know I, I, I like to joke about them being wine snobs and, and things like that, but I think I really give them credit. Like you have to, yeah, it's a craft like anything else. It's a craft that you have to know that you have to, uh, kind of hone your, your nose as it were. I don't think any, any old person can just like detect notes of uh you know uh oak oak is that something that they te- they detect in in uh in wine or or uh chocolate or you know and they like smell a wine and they're like I, I detect hints of uh cinnamon and cardamom in this wine yeah i mean wine is incredibly scientific i mean that's one of the interesting things about it. as much as it is an art it's also a science i mean you've got to know the acidity of the wine and you've got to know obviously uh, the difference between a, a 69 wine and a 73 wine and and the different regions and the different grapes and all these sort of things that go into it that's why you have to study for so long and it's so difficult um is because there's there's a lot there yeah it's it is very fascinating it's a fascinating world um being a, a wine expert, I imagine there's probably a lot of elements of history in it too, because you have to know, um, you know, say if a wine was produced in France during like the 1930s and 40s, obviously it's going to um, World War II and and the the surrounding uh, impact of that is going to going to you could literally taste it in the wine, like the um, the the type of barrels might have been different because of an oak shortage or. 
uh, anything like that. So that's yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating world. Now, Matt, I brought a surprise for you this episode. Oh, you shouldn't have. I know. I'm a real. I'm are you going to no. drink it in front of me? Is that what you're going to do? Matt, I brought you a bottle of wine. <laughs> wow, thank you, Sean. That's that you're looks for great. My, for my, my own, own personal own. collection, came in the mail today. As a matter of fact, that's why I thought was thinking about wine. I just ordered some wine, and this is uh, La Talier du Sud, right there. If you can see that, uh, it is a a 2019 uh, Voigner. Uh, from France, it says on here, each bottle of L'Atelier de Sud invokes the comforting beauty of the countryside and is lovely on its own or alongside lighter French fare. This Vognier has a bright accents of tangerine, honeysuckle, and a hint of vanilla. So, Matt, Whew. I'm going to crack this bad boy open. That sounds, that sounds really yummy. It sounds super my, yummy. Uh, and, of course, I just want to point out, I am opening this bottle of wine surrounded by easily $7,000 worth of computing equipment. So well, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't go wrong, but I think I'll be okay. Now, Matt, we... while, I'm op- while I'm opening this, and I'll see if I can get the cork pop right up to the mic so the folks at home can hear it. Um, as I twist my corkscrew here, get it. Sean, nice. you have a really archaic looking corkscrew. No, this is like the, it's not I a mean, fancy uh, one. wine opener, I should I'm say. Let's see if I can. Corkscrew uh... is just part of it. Oh, here we go. Quiet. Did you hear that? Uh, yes, that was a very nice sound. That was a very it nice sound. One, now, of, the, you know, one Matt, of the best sounds. What fancy people do when they open wine, I learned this from fancy people, is you, is you have to smell the cork. Yes, fancy people do do oh. that. God, that do you know so anybody nice. that saves the corks? I know people that save them. I know, like, I don't know fancy people who save them, or like collector. I know people who save them to, like, make dorky wall art. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I what yeah. I was... Um, what I've observed. I also, I, I, I've seen people will save the wine cork and they'll write like the date on it. If it was like a yeah. memorable date, like a, a yep. engagement or anniversary or something like that. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that is a, that is a very gorgeous, uh, gorgeous looking wine. Yes, this is it my really Bully Hill Vineyards the, uh, glass. Yeah, this is uh, so what taste. Oh, it's very, it's very sweet, very airy. Hmm. Oh, you got to whiff it, and then let's take a taste here. Wow, that is so nice. Hmm. That's so nice. It's it's a little tart. It's a little on the drier side. It's sweet, but it's a little. It's on the drier side. Matt, I'm glad I could share this glass with you. Cheers. Yes. Cheers um, to you as I drink my. No, part of the water. reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like wine, right? I have some water right here. I mean, uh, part of the reason, so uh, you and I attempted an ill-fated episode on um, New Year's Year's Eve and the history of New Year's, and it imploded, so it never got published. But um, New Year's resolutions, I'm a big beer drinker. I like beer. I like beer. What am I, Brett Kavanaugh? I like beer. Uh, Is that joke still Boys like beer. Girls like beer. I like beer. Do you like Uh, beer? And, um... But beer is a lot of calories. It's very filling. Um, it's not particularly good for you. So I'm going to try, rather than not drink, uh, I'm going to try to drink more wine instead of beer. So I joined a wine subscription club, and I'm going to be getting some bottles of wine sent to me. So that's that's, that's why, why I, I want to learn more about wine. That sounds delightful. Um, I I actually I too have have kind of turned a corner with the. Uh, I I think my personal my beer consumption has gone way down. Uh, I think since leaving college, like I, I still do uh, have the occasional beer, but I don't, I don't really buy it as much as, as I, I guess once did. It's not, it's not something I go for right away, but wine, I feel like having a wine with dinner is, is it pairs better. I know that, I know that some people will say like, you know, there's a beers is a wide variety. It's not just like a Heineken or a Bud Light. You can get like you know, IPAs and uh, micro different varieties of micro brew and they're designed to pair with things. But I, a beer in itself is almost like a meal. It is almost like a meal in itself because it's so, it is so filling. Um, but uh, I, I, yeah, I too have kind of resolved to get, get a little bit more invested in, in wine. So I think this is going to be a good, uh, a good venture for both of us. Now, Matt, let me start with a question here. Do you know the difference between red wine and 
Wait, why? Uh, okay, well, I'll preface this as, as we as I always do is that I, I know nothing about anything, and especially wine. So I'm not an expert at all about any of this. So I'm just gonna completely guess on this particular question. I'll just say it has to do with the grapes. The red well, wine. Well, wine comes is made from... of grapes, so everything about wine has to do with grapes. Right. So, so the, I'm saying the red <laughs> wine comes from red grapes, and the white wine comes from like white gr- green grapes, right? Good guess, but no. Wow. That's actually incorrect. The ma- and I, for the record, I did not know this until I Googled it about 10 minutes before the show. <laughs> red wine comes from the um, grape skin. So they extract the color from the grape skin. In addition to using the grape interiors. Um, red wine from dark colored grape varieties and obviously can be in a, a sh- various shades of colors. White wine, they don't use the skins. It's only the inner pulp of the grape, which, by the way, can also be red or green, and that's why you have kind of different shades of white wine. Um, they just don't use the um, the outer uh, skin because that's where the color is, and that's what makes it white. And there's also other varieties of wine, obviously. Rosé actually is... is um, incorporate some of the color from the skin, but not enough to be considered red wine. There's also sparkling wine, which is obviously wine with bubbles in it. Uh, fruit wine, which is wine made from fruits that aren't grapes, like apples and berries. And, of course, we've talked about mead, honey wine as well, um, made from a fermenting honey with water. Hmm. Uh, that's very surprising. Um, I definitely I, – I, I went my entire life thinking that it had to do with the color of the grape. But I guess that's a that's a an old wives' tale then, or a just a common misconception. Um, the most recent wine that I drank was a couple weeks ago. I had a, um, it actually turned out to be a dessert wine. It was a it was a dark plum sure. wine. It was very good. Uh, it was it was uh, very very sweet though. I I tend to I think I tend to gravitate towards wines that are. Um, I think it, depending on, on, uh, what I'm eating, like if it pairs with that, I'm a big, I'm a huge, I may not, I may not know much about wine, but I know enough of it where you're not supposed to drink dark red, red wine with fish. Think right. You're supposed and you're, to, red, and you're red supposed to drink meat. it with beef. And yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like the, um, I think I like the fruitier wines though. Like I, I very much like, I'm a big fan of plum wines and, uh, yep. Anything that uh, derived from plums, uh, I li- like. I'm I'm a big cider person, so I guess like the different varieties of fruit. Um, I tried yeah, elderberry a, a great, wine; it's very nice. Yeah, mm. apple wine, any of that kind of stuff will really will really pop for you. I mean, I you know I sort of have a an odd policy myself is I always drink red wine with meals and white wine with not meals, basically where, which I know isn't always the proper way to do it, but I, I just don't find myself don't ever, find sitting, myself ever sitting, sitting, not eating and being like, God, you know, I'd love a glass of red wine. No, I always want white when I'm just like doing this and just hanging out. Uh, but red with food is, is just, just phenomenal. Hmm. Now when you, when you drink the, like, do you like Merlot? I know Merlot is a variety of wine. That yeah, that's very good. Yes, <laughs> no. So so wines are traditionally. I mean, they're they're sort of that dry to sweet range that wines are graded on, um, and both in red and white. Uh, and so most people, I believe, drink traditionally uh, sweeter white wines is kind of more common, which I don't think is surprising. Um, on the on the white side, I don't really like a dry white. I do like that mid to sweeter white. On the red side, I will drink dry reds. Um, and the really fruity reds, I'd rather go to a rosé at that point, um, which is going to be a little bit sweeter. Yeah. Split the difference. Um, there, There's like a... It's kind of like a spectrum of, of wine, basically, based on it, like... I mean, you can you can categorize you can categorize wine uh, so many different ways. You can based on its uh, nation of of origin. You can categorize it on based on its uh, like you said before the acidity and the and the content of the grape. Uh, you can 
categorize it on its based on its value, um, its year, its yeah, color, vintage, um, which I think is that that that's got to be where they got the term vintage from, right? Like vineyard, vintage. You say something uh, is vintage, like I, I would I would assume it that the that the the connotation with wine came first, right? Oh my god! Can't confirm that, but I thought you were such an idiot for saying that. I'm like, there's no freaking <laughs> way that's true. So the actual origin, if you back it all the way up, a few different versions. It's from the Latin "vinum" for wine and "demir" for remove. All right. So I guess so I do know actually, stuff about stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> it says the the actual definition of vintage is. The year or place in which wine, especially wine of high quality, was produced. Broken clocks are right twice a day, Sean. Son of a, wow, that is wild. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm learning so much tonight. This is a treat. Uh, apparently, uh, you can also you can also further categorize wine based on its um, style. So I guess that's the that is the proper term is is is, is style, and uh, the styles of wine. That's where you got your reds, your whites, uh, your sparklings, yep. your ro- rosé, um, and then you have your dessert wines, which can further be broken down into um, other categories like your um, your uh, your ports, portos. Uh- Love a good Which port. Which are always very good. Port um, is always my... Madeira. Claret. Port is always my... You're out at a business dinner you're not paying for with some good pals, and they decide to get dessert, and you look so fancy when they're like, we'll get dessert, and I'm like, how about a glass of port? I'll just have a port, yeah. And I t- I'm telling you, people look, and they're like... Because they're just like... Because they'll do like an Irish coffee or something, and you're like, no, no, you get the port. I would They're not. Like, yeah, shit. I wouldn't mess with the Irish coffee. I I can't drink coffee I hate past Irish like coffee. two p.m. anymore. So, but the port, I don't think it tastes good though. To be honest, because at that mm. point I'd rather just have a cup of coffee. Like you've made oh, a cup yeah. of coffee. Worse. I just meant coffee, general coffee, coffee. Oh, I, can't, yeah. I can't drink that like in the late oh, evening anymore. When That's I was bad. When, when <laughs> I was eating in Europe, um, they would have an espresso after dinner. It, it was the dumbest wow. thing I've ever seen in my life. They get the whole cup would? of espresso. Or yeah, my Dutch, my Dutch pals. Wow, the Dutch are crazy. They're, they're, I've oh, maintained my, they, that my whole life, pretty much. But the Dutch, they're 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 mad. Having oh, an espresso no after idea. dinner—that's that's like the definition of insanity, right there. You're asking yep. for trouble, pretty much. I, I don't know how they ever slept. You're asking to I just really be don't. up all night. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, yep. Mead. Have you ever had mead, Sean? I have not. I have not had mead. Um, I've had mead. A buddy of mine, um, a long, long time ago, uh, went to Germany and came back with mead and I, I got to try some German mead. Um, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, I, I actually, somehow that's categorized a wine, but, um, isn't mead made with like beer though? Or maybe, maybe there's two different types of mead. It's fermented honey. Whoa, whoa, okay. There's no beer in mead. So it's te- it is technically a wine because it's made right. it's made with a fermented uh that's wild. Okay. Yep. I actually no, I, I I'm totally wrong. I thought that I thought mead was a type of beer, but anyway. Matt, let me ask you a question. You know, one thing that's really um, you know, trendy right now is wine has really gone from a beverage to an experience where people are really going gaga over these uh vineyard uh, uh, wine tastings, uh, uh, if you will, experiences. Have you ever done a wine, wine tasting? I have not. I have never been part of a wine tasting. Um, it sounds really fancy, though. It sounds like a fun time. It really sounds like a like a bachelorette type celebration. That that's that's probably what I would think of first if I thought of a wine tasting. That's very fair. <laughs> I I honestly. I think I would probably feel cheated by the end of it because I would I would just feel like they're just giving me this wine because they want me to like buy bottles of their wine and I'm a sucker for that kind of thing so it would be very effective advertising on me. 
But that's kind of what I like, though, is like of all the things, you know, we have we have here um, in the next town over a place called Table and Vine. It's like an alcohol superstore. It's like an alcohol Walmart. And they have the biggest wine section I've ever seen. And I'm terrified to go in it because I at least beer labels will tell me like this is an IPA. I know what to expect. Even wines. It's like I can't even look at a bottle and know what I'm looking at. Mm. And that's kind of what I like about wine tastings. It's like, I don't mind they're trying to sell me a bottle, because if I drink a wine I like, I want to buy it. So if anything, I find that to be a great service uh, to the public, that you can actually sample it before you try it, so you know you, you know what you're actually going to get. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I think you have a good point there. There's a, always value in, in being able to taste your the product before you get to uh, purchase it. I usually just do what I do when I buy anything, and I, I like hastily look it up beforehand while I'm in the aisle, standing in front of it. And also, I, ba- I also base it on the uh, the label too. Lab- the label goes a long way with me. I'm a, with with beer. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> mm. I do aggressively buy on the label. Um. Now, Matt. Matt. Do you know what country consumes the most wine each year? Oh, I would say there's there's got to I, – I feel like I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to say it's probably Italy or France. As measured in liters per capita, it is France. I would say France. Yeah, I was, le- was going to say I was leaning toward – definitely leaning toward France. Um, I think Italy might pro- – maybe Italy produces the most or is close to producing the most. Uh if you're talking about production in terms of tons, uh, Italy is number one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Italy produces the most. France consumes the most. Um, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> that is that is exactly how I would have pictured it. Um, what uh, you know what would be kind of cool, and I, I don't. I'm not asking you to Google this or anything, but. <laughs> It would be kind of cool if somebody made a map, and I, I know it probably exists out there, but a map of like the favorite styles of wine in each country, like where it's like an infographic. Like, uh, I would just, I would, I would wonder if, it, if like maybe in Northern Europe, does it skew li- into lighter wines? Because I know they like their dark wines in the Mediterranean. Is it like more like mead and stuff in Scandinavia because of like? their Viking heritage and, and things like that. How is, how, what does it look like over in, in Asia and, and um, in Africa? What's wine consumption like there? That could be interesting. Imagine yeah, like I Eastern guess. Europe. I mean, Eastern Asia, you have the, you have your like, um, you have like your sakes and your sojus and your basically like your, your, your rice based wines, fermented yes. rice. I had a sake for the first time last year. Oh. And I enjoyed it immensely. I I decided to make that a tradition, um, a New Year's tradition. So I think I, I discussed on our on our defunct um, news year, New Year's Eve episode uh, that will never see the light of day, sadly. Um, I think I discussed that a, a, a New Year's tradition for my family is we eat Chinese food for dinner. Um, and I decided to add to that this year. Um, by having a glass of uh, plum sake every New Year's Eve or every New Year's Day to bring in a sweet New Year. Unfortunately, I forgot to uh, do that because I, I left I left the wine at home. So, um, but that's going to be the new New Year's tradition from now nice. on. Nice, nice. Hopefully, you haven't cursed this year. No, by hopefully not. not. Hopefully not, but who knows? And hopefully there's time to uh, time to undo it. Um, wine can also be used to cook with, Sean. Are you interested yes. in, in uh, wine reductions? I've never cooked with wine. Have you? So, have I ever cooked with wine? Yes. Yes, I have. I have made uh, chicken marsala. Which is made with the Marsala cooking wine. Um, I made that in a slow cooker. It was very good, but what I remember is that the buying the bottle of Marsala wine was kind of expensive, 
and I only used it on that one recipe and then the wine went bad and I had to throw the rest of it out. So I also, that was back when I was living in Virginia and now in New Jersey, I don't think you can get, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe they sell cooking wines in grocery stores, but there's no alcohol at all in, um, as far as I know, in, in New Jersey supermarkets. You have to go to the, like a liquor store to buy any kind of alcohol. Again, I could be completely off base. I've never looked for cooking wine in a New Jersey grocery store, but as far as I know, you can't get it. Um, other than that, though, oh, and I've made penny vodka from with vodka, mm. so that's not wine. That's, that's that's just another form of alcohol that I've used to cook. And if we're on that wagon, um, I've also made uh, gumbo with light mm. beer. Oh, okay. So neat. So there, there, there's some adventures in cooking with, with alcoholic beverages. Um, but as far as wine goes, I think that's the only thing I, when I made the chicken marsala, which uh, was very yummy, that's the only thing I've, I've experimented. I've always wanted to make steak au poivre, um, which uses a wine reduction. Mm-hmm. And I actually used for the first time yesterday, I made a recipe with a, a new program called HelloFresh. Uh, which, oh, I love me some HelloFresh. I, I I figured you would be you would be um, on I've been board with, with it on and off for years. Yeah. yeah. So we we subscribe to a month. Um, thanks to my sister got us a uh, a um a, a week's worth of the HelloFresh, and we just decided to do like a month plan on top of that. And the first recipe of mine was uh, we did chicken tikka, which was really good. Um, and then yet last night. We did um, a uh, – it wasn't steak au poivre, but it was like a – it was like a similar – something very similar. It was steak with a with like a wine reduction. But that came in a little pouch, so you didn't – I didn't really like make the sauce. The sauce was just there and I was actually – I was impressed by the amount of um, like real cooking I felt like I did. I yeah. thought it was just going to be like here, heat all this stuff up and put it in a bowl uh, or on a plate. But it was more like, like, no, you're the chef. Like, you get to like cook, but we all we bought all the ingredients for you, and right. like, you like chop it up and peel them. And yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was a good experience. So I made. Um, I wish I could remember the name of the steak. Not au jus. Demi steak demi. Ah, uh, yes, sir. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. So it was good. Um, but other than those two experiences, I don't even know if I would count that as an experience with cooking with well, wine. I, I will say, Matt, uh, well, I'll say two things. One, HelloFresh, I was a, I, I remain a fan. Um, I just haven't done it recently, but their meats are very good. Are they still very good? They are. They, I, I, I was shocked at it, the quality of yeah. the meat they were sending. So I've had a chicken dish and a, and a yep. beef dish, a steak dish, and... I was impressed with the meat both times, um, and I'm impressed by the the amount of produce you get, um, yep. especially with that steak dish. I had I, like I had an entire meal, a, a second meal of leftover potatoes and carrots. Like I still have some carrots in the fridge uh, after eating it two nights in a row. And the uh, the other tip I will give is keep those recipe cards. I have. I kid you not. I have HelloFresh recipes that are, I think, six years old that I still remake because I loved the recipes so much. I have a, I have a, I blow. Up, I have a. It's a shrimp and uh, zucchini risotto that I make all the time. That was a HelloFresh box, um, and it's and I still make it to this day. Yeah, I'm keeping them in a folder. I have like a, yeah. a folder that I'm just going to collect those cards when as they come in. Um, but the uh, yeah, that that sounds really good. That uh, shrimp yeah. risotto. Uh, now, Matt, can I sidetrack us for a minute? Yeah, that has something to do absolutely nothing with well, totally unrelated to wine. Okay, is it about our our new sponsor, HelloFresh? Use offer code debate <laughs> over at HelloFresh.com for a if free only. month of meals. If only. I, hey, look, I would gladly take that. <laughs> you know what? They wouldn't even have to pay me in cash if, if they, they just sent me HelloFresh yeah. every week. I'd be, I'd be good camper. with that. I'd put a nice big poster right back here. HelloFresh. Yeah. HelloFresh, if you sponsor us, Matt will legally change his name to first name Hello, first last name. First name Hello, fresh. last name Fresh. Mr. And Mr. Fresh. 
And Sean will be fresh hello. <laughs> so you get the one that makes some amount of sense. Yes. And mine is like, Hi, my name's Mr. Fresh, hello. Fresh hello. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. Hello? For a lifetime of free meals, I would. Uh, I, had a, I had a coworker whose dad for Christmas one year got them a year's worth of HelloFresh, mm-hmm. which I'm sure was very expensive. But they're like, I never go to the grocery store. That's, like, very that rarely. is the dream. That it's, is the dream right there. Just delivered every week. Uh, no, so uh, Matt, I was, um, I was flipping. I'm one of the few people who still has cable, I think. And so I was flipping around the other night, and you'll never guess what movie was on. Uh, Skyfall. Ready Player One. Oh. Which oh, I had no. not seen since I saw it in the theaters so we could talk about it on the show. And Matt, I got to tell you, I was very surprised. The effects were much better than I remember them being. Like, I think Spielberg did a, re- did a better job than he gets credit for. Where the CGI, yes, it has a certain look that not everyone likes, but he's very consistent in that look. And the CGI in it is very comprehensive and well-composed. Like, it's a nice-looking movie. I'll give him that. However, the script is way worse than I remember it being in theaters. And I hated it the first time I saw it. And I was rewatching it, and it was the stupidest thing. Because I, I forgot how much of it was just, like, pop culture reference, pop culture reference, pop culture reference, pop culture reference. Remember this thing from the 80s? Remember this and, thing from the 80s? Remember this thing from the 90s? And shoot exposition at you so quickly. Because the book is, like, a lot longer, obviously, and sets up a lot of this stuff. And to get through the whole movie in two hours, it shoots so much exp- – I have no idea how people who didn't read the book get this movie because it makes no sense at all at the breakneck pace at which it happens. Yeah, and, and when you go off of – I mean when you look at the source material that you're basing your, your movie off of, it's, it's, it's amazing that, that that movie even like sort of had like a semblance of – of logic to it. Um, I, I just, I, I remember reading the book and thinking like, well, how, how can they possibly have turned this into a movie? Like these are all just references to things from the eighties. Like that was, that was like everything that happened was just like, I quoted this entire movie because I love it so much. I, I remember seeing the movie war games when it came out in theaters with Matthew Broderick. And, uh, I I basically reenacted the whole movie, and it's like, well, you oh can't. wow, a Rubik's cube, yeah. wow, <laughs> you know, it's like the dumbest, But it was it's it was so funny to me because, and I will I'm a told dork for doing this, but what I do some nights is if I don't have anything interesting to watch, I will put on a, like an NBA game, mute it, and listen to a podcast while watching the NBA game. Which I don't think is an unreasonable thing I do to the do. same thing. I, I'll be completely yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Who needs to listen to the game? It's not this podcast, so what... but I do, I do do that. <laughs> you shouldn't listen to this podcast. Maybe, maybe um, some don't panic. And so I was doing that, and then the game went to a commercial, so I flipped to Ready Player One and was watching it on mute. And I'm like, you know, this movie looks a lot better than I remember it being. And I'm like watching it, and i kind of getting into it, watching all this stuff go by, and I'm like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool. So I take my headphones off, and I unmute it. And like after five minutes, I'm like, oh, that's why this movie sucked. Like, it's so much better with the sound off. <laughs> it was so bad. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad to know that at least the the special effects holds up. That that's not always the case. Sometimes the special effects can make a movie worse. I, I unfortunately, I really hate to say it, but I sadly had that experience. Uh, I rewatched all of the Lord of the Rings movies two years ago, yeah. and I had that experience with that. I was like, oh no! Like, it wasn't everything. I think most of the cinematography in that movie is so gorgeous. Uh, what Peter Jackson was able to to accomplish. Um, But it was the special effects moments, particularly whenever fire or magic was being used. It was like, oh, no, this is... Because it just looked so early 2000s. It's like, this was like late 90s, early 2000s tech on display. Which I think that was the reason many people don't like the early Star Wars movies, the uh, episodes one through three. Well, and that's, you know, the thing about Lord of the Rings is, I mean, that was 
really good CGI at the time. Like that was praised as being like, oh my god, look at the quality of these effects, and it's so funny. To me, Avatar is such a good comparison to like Ready Player One, and I think this is where the different directors play. Because I think Avatar looks worse now than it did when it came out, because everything is shot so wide that everything just kind of looks like CGI goop. What I liked about Ready Player One, and I didn't realize this the first time I watched it, is Spielberg does a lot of close-ups on the CGI heads and faces, and they're rendered well enough that you can actually get the emotion out of it and the character out of it. It feels more realistic than most close-up CGI. And because he focuses on that, the couple times in Ready Player One where it's like the big, like, aggressive shots... It doesn't look as good, but because the movie is so much smaller and close up, it works much better than something like Avatar, like you said, Lord of the Rings, where it's sort of this, or even like the George Lucas stuff, and, and, and you know, they have these big CGI battles, and it looks like garbage. Um, I think you get a, I think the technology got good enough. You can do those close ups really nicely, and that, that is, I did notice that and like that. Yeah. Um,. That's funny. I was I was actually thinking of uh, Ready Player One not too long ago. It, it's just uh, I think somebody somebody mentioned uh, there's a sequel that I never cared to read, but Ready Player Two, right? It is. I've I read a lot of like reviews of it, and it is spectacular <laughs> in its badness. And it's not like Ready Player One bad. It's like a whole other level, and I won't get into, I don't remember all the details, but it picks up right where the first book like left off, where he's now in charge of the, 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 the Oasis and all this stuff. And he basically becomes like an Elon Musk type guy, where he like uses it to spy on people. And he, he like, it's really like right-wingy, kind of like, it, he's like a bro in this, and it's... It's, it's apparently, if you get a chance to read the reviews, I'm tempted to read it on the show, but I also know I would hate doing that. So, hmm. uh, but at least read the reviews on it. It is truly weird. Interesting. Yeah, I knew nothing about it. I just, I figured it was just more Ready Player One, which I was just, I wasn't ready for at the time, and I still don't really feel like I uh, ever will be. Um, but we, yeah, I, I would invite maybe potentially reading it on on the show for a book club if if we really I'm wanted sure to. I'm sure there are much. Sure, there are much better yeah, books we say, could be reading. Than I think there's there are a lot of books out there, and uh, that that doesn't have to be one of them. That doesn't have to be one of them at all. So, um, but what, Sean, if you were to go and and grab just a a bottle of wine while watching a movie like Ready Player One, which we can do now because now that we live in a post movie theater world. We've, yes. we've defeated the movie theaters. Um, we can we can do that. What what wine would you be most likely to uh, to watch to, to drink while watching a a a good film? You know, that's a good question. Uh, and actually, I did grab a glass last night, Matt. You'll be impressed by what movie I watched. I watched it for the first time. A Steven Spielberg classic. Um, E.T. A 21st century <laughs> Steven Spielberg classic. Uh, Schindler's List. No, that's not 21st century, is no, it? No, it's not, no. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, you, uh, you watched, um, of course, Super 8. I, I think he – did he direct that? I thought he just produced it. I think he it. just produced it. Yeah, I think it was just also was heavily like influenced by him. What's a, what's a Spielberg movie that like is kind of – I'll say a, a fun movie. Fun is that like a pun? Is that is there the word fun in the title? Absolutely not. Um, and it's a twenty first century movie. Yes. Oh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Of course, <laughs> that's a very no. fun movie. No, although it is a bit of a caper in and of itself. Oh, the Polar Express. He did not direct that. You're thinking of Tom Hanks. Don't okay. confuse the two. There, yeah. He had nothing. Too that was similar. Robert Zemeckis. Yes. The, the, uh, but definitely Tom there. Hanks was in this movie. Oh. He played an FBI agent. Catch Me If You Looking... Can? Yes! Ah. I, I had never seen that, and what a treat that was. That's a good movie. 
I, I remember, I think I saw that like when it first came out. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is in it. He's wonderful in that. Very yeah, good it's on role. Netflix, I think, through the end of the month. So if you're looking for something to rewatch, I, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. But I did sit down with a glass of, uh, of white wine. Um, I would say mid-sweet. It wasn't super sweet. It uh, wasn't dry either. I will say, Matt, I do have a soft spot, and I get sort of some... I lose manliness credit. Sparkling wines, a nice Prosecco in the bathtub with the bubbles in the bathtub and my glass. Nothing wrong with that. I do like a good, like, that's a treat bottle I'll get once in a while if I'm looking for something, and I'll see it, yeah. and I'll be like, oh, I haven't had Prosecco in a while, and that's... No, that sounds, that sounds like a real, a real treat. It's funny how it's, uh, you know, people say, like, they talk about shower beer and, like, having a bath with a glass of, like, drinking a glass of wine. It's never like the reverse, though. I've done both in reverse. Okay. I've had wine in the shower. <laughs> I shouldn't admit to that. I would just imagine the shower wine being kind of difficult because then how do you stop the wine from getting like all wet and uh, uh, saturated? You just keep, I guess you you just keep it away from the water. I mean, I've used my phone in the shower. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's uh, maybe I'm just not careful enough to. I'd be worried. I'd be. I would be worried the whole time about that that wine glass. But I'd be worried about the wine glass cracking. Like, oh sure. Well, we we you can get it like a sippy cup or something. Yeah. I mean, that's the the new um, those new uh, like the insulated wine tumbler glasses that are very popular now uh, with the lids on them. Perfect for any occasion. Nice. So enjoying a nice shower wine. Um, I guess there really is no wrong way to enjoy it. Um. Well, I will ask, Matt, you know, when it comes to buying wine, of course, traditionally, you've got the bottle, the glass bottle, uh, which everyone knows. And actually, I have, I just bought this. Um, I got, because I, I, I was in trouble resealing bottles um, with the course of stuff. So I actually got a uh, this vacuum sealer, which comes with a little rubber silicone tip. And then you, I haven't, you suck the air out. Okay. And there you go. So now it's sealed. Interesting. And keep it keep it fresh because air, oxygen destroys wines. It's one of its biggest enemies. Yes, um, oxygen is the natural enemy of uh, I think all fermentation. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you got to keep it sealed. But I was going to say, Matt, are you a bottle or a box guy? Definitely bottle. Definitely bottled. Uh, I'd li- I would I would really like to say that I've never had boxed wine, but um, that would not be true. Uh, that that would not be true at all. Um, I'm definitely very much bottle, but that's probably you... true for me for most things. You know, I wouldn't drink milk out of a box. I don't like cartons. Just what about like OJ? Uh, usually the, the cartons are just very common. So I feel like I, I was, res, I resigned the fact that I have to, I have to drink uh, it out of a carton, but I'd prefer so if you had it the out choice, of a bottle. If you had like a, if you had a bottle and a carton of OJ, you would bottle. choose the bottle. I would, I would uh. choose a bottle in most instances, I think for, for almost anything that's in a liquid form. Now, what about cans? Would you drink wine? You, Cause you can buy wine in cans. Would you drink wine out of a can? No. Not, not if I can no. help it. For me, it's a bottle. It's bottle or nothing. Now, do you drink your beer out of bottles? Yes. So, so you don't usually buy beer in cans. I, I will if I have to, but I, I definitely okay. prefer it out of a bottle. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Now, you can also buy wine by the keg. Did you know that wine on tap? No, I did not know that. But that's that makes sense. I mean, it's it's. Uh, like anything else, it's a fermented drink that you can, you know, pour in that way. So I, I, well, I, 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 I wouldn't say that's surprising. I, I probably also wouldn't do that. Um, cause just cause that would just be where, where am I going to store a keg of wine? Unless I'm having like a, like a, like a Roman toga party or something. <laughs> my, I'll, I'll keep yeah, it out in the... my vineyard, like my, with my, um, many slaves to, to, to haul that, the keg of wine to our, our I love, toast to the goddess Venus and stuff. 
I love the idea of you having like a frat party and you're like, guys, I brought a keg and everyone cheers and you crack it open and it's like red wine. <laughs> Staining the togas. What a disaster. <laughs> just getting red wine. That's like someone tries to do a keg stand and just covered in red wine. These are my mom's favorite bed sheets. And now they're ruined. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. So, I the way you described that wine in the beginning of the episode, it makes me definitely want to want to buy it. What's the name of the wine? Well, so this is interesting. So uh, the name of the service this is it's a subscription wine service, and they actually don't. This one doesn't actually like take wine off the shelf and send it to you. They actually make they don't make the wine themselves. They essentially private label it. Wow. And so they have like a hundred different wines that you can't buy anywhere, but it's the same vineyards that make all the other wines. You know what? It's kind of like a generic brand at the store, even though it's made by the name brand people. Um, it's called Wink, W-I-N-C dot com. And I've used them a couple times before. And what's nice is they give you a little survey and they'll be like, do you, do you like citrus flavors? Do you, how do you like your coffee? How do you, you know, trying to get a profile of you and then they recommend wines they think you'll like, um, and the prices are, there are coupons and stuff. I think it's like 60 bucks for four bottles, which really, with shipping, which I don't think is, I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, and I've always, they've always done a really good job of sending me wines I enjoy. Wow. I, I, I just, I just have to say, I really like the way their website is formatted just off the bat. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a very nice company. The only problem I had with them is that, they, they will send you four bottles every, every month. And, and if you don't drink them, they will still send them. And so I was falling behind <laughs> on my bottles. And so I had to cancel it. So I'm going to try and drink all my bottles this month. But, be, but you got to be careful because they'll stack up. Yeah, well, you just save them. Wine, that's the, that's the beauty of it is that wine only gets better with age, right? But if you think about it, Matt, right? If I drink one bottle a month, but I get four a month, that's three extra I'll have each month times 12 months. That's 36 bottles of wine I'll have in a year. Then you you start giving them away as gifts to me. Well, that's you certainly can do that. And they're very, I will say, the label and the bottles are, they do a very nice job. They're very good looking bottles. The only thing is, it does say on them, uh, imported and bottled by Wink. So you you kind of, it kind of gives away where it came from. But, as long as nobody knows what that is, I, I, uh, I wouldn't. Well, question that's true. It. I wouldn't question it. That's true. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a nice service. I, I, if you want to try out some wines, they uh, they'll 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 get you some you've never had before. Yeah. That uh, just the, it was the notes of vanilla. That's what really does it for me. I'm a big this vanilla one, this guy. This one in particular is, and actually, I think you can buy the individual bottles from them a la carte as well. And so, if you want to try it, it's the uh, L'Atelier du Sud 2019. Um, and I, I give it my thumbs up. I give it my approval. It's a French wine, um, and it was very nice. It was very nice. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just I, I, I. I I don't. I don't understand the people that say like vanilla is boring. To me, vanilla is a flavor, just like any other, and and it's. I like it. I like vanilla it. Like is vanilla a flavor. Coke, it's a great flavor. Vanilla ice cream, vanilla milkshakes, everything. I don't know, I will always stand by that. It's a delicious flavor. Now, now what's, what's your thought? thought vanilla versus French vanilla. I I err on the side of plain vanilla, actually. Um, I agree. I think that, uh, yeah, French vanilla is, it gives it a nice color, but like taste wise, it's a little eggy sometimes. They can yes. go a little toasty or eggy tasting. So I, I definitely prefer traditional vanilla to uh, French vanilla for sure. Well, you know, Matt, you give me a really good idea. Hmm. I, hope I hope it's a good idea because... You mentioned, we talked a lot about wine this evening. We talked about cooking with wine. You know what we haven't done in a while, Matt, is a cooking challenge. Yeah. And I was thinking, uh, we can certainly try, I don't know if there are any baking recipes that use wine, but I was thinking, if not, maybe we could uh, choose the same dish, same dinner dish or whatever, that has wine, and we each make it. Okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Uh, may I suggest... I mean, we could do more research into this, but steak au poivre is something I've always wanted to try making. 
and, uh, and and how is how is that made? I don't think it's I don't think it's terribly complicated. I actually, when I was making the the um, steak de me yesterday, it was uh, I think very similar. Oh, this looks heavy. Steak en poivre. Mm. Steak en poivre is not made with wine. Are you sure according about to this that? recipe? It says cognac. This is Elton Brown's oh, recipe. Oh, okay. well, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've definitely seen people make it with red wine before. Well, let's see. Here's another site. Let's yeah. see what these guys say. Elton Brown makes it with cognac. Interesting. Cognac uh, or other no, brandy. See, this said, cognac or this bourbon. This other site says brandy or cognac. Bourbon. Yeah, I guess. Uh, hmm. uh, right. With red wine pan sauce. Yes. It can be made with red wine. I guess it's just not common. How what what do you say about a red wine chocolate cake? Whoa. Is that what you typed in? Red wine chocolate cake to I just I Googled baking with wine. Okay. Okay. This was one of the first I'm recipes that came up. We could we could try this. We could do a bake off. Yeah. All right. Look for that in a future episode. Yes. Red wine chocolate cake. And if you have any other recipes at home that involve cooking with wine, uh, we would like to hear it. We would like to. Uh, we would like to adventure. Yes. Give us your wine picks. Steak demi demi gloss is what I made yesterday with my HelloFresh kit. Yes. That is 100% a red wine uh, recipe right there. Yeah, red any, wine uh, reduction. Hmm. Any, any final, final thoughts, thoughts on wine, wine Matt? Have, 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 has this discussion made you more likely to drink wine? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, okay. I, I guess uh, I have some lying around. I just chose not to drink them uh, for this episode. Uh I, I like wine. It's it's nice. I think some some wines have different effects on me. Usually, they vary from making me really sleepy to making me just very jubilant and happy. Um, and uh, I think they're very good, enjoyed responsibly. I'm not a big fan of rosés. I think the rosés are what they, they're usually what gives me like a headache. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that might just be the maybe the carbonates that are in them, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm probably more likely, uh, by the end of this show to, uh, to, to consider going out and investing more in wine. I'm more interested in the science of wine, actually, like the, the, uh, the, the, the specific, like you said, the acidity, the microbial nature of wine and the, the fermentation and the whole process. There really is a, a complete science unto itself. I, I know that if you go to a cooking school, you could take like not just classes, but entire courses based around oh, sure. wine, which well, is well, and that's awesome. why I I would definitely recommend if you get an opportunity to visit a vineyard um, and do a wine tasting because it's not just about tasting the wine, but they actually do walk you through, you know, how it's made and the different, you know, that you're depending on the winery, it's not always the same. But a real nice winery, um, they will someone will walk you through and say, okay, this is this wine, this is how it's made, this is why it tastes this way, um, and you do learn something while doing it. So um, it might be a, a fun opportunity. You just gave me a thought, Sean. Um, I still have another two months left in my Audible subscription, um, which I canceled, but they're letting me have, I guess, two months left um, to spend the credits that I have saved up. I wonder if they have, um, and I, I canceled, by the way, not, nothing to do with the service. It was just, uh, I don't, I don't really drive as much as I used to anymore. So oh, I, oh I, yeah, I, you used to drive a lot. Yeah, used to do like six hours uh, every time I would go back, back and forth between D.C. and New York. So, um, yeah, now I don't really do that anymore. So there's not, not much, of, and I'm not going anywhere because who is? So um, I wonder if there are books on here about like wine tasting or wine sommelier. Oh, I'm science, sure. Yeah, the science behind it. Uh, I'm sure there are, there's tons. 
that's what I did like about Audible. I like their um, self help books, and I like their um, self improvement books. I should say they, they I like their selection on uh, uh, what was it the different um, like like philosophy books and, and their 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 great minds collection stuff like that. Have you ever used Libby? No. What is Libby? L-I-B-B-Y. It's an app that connects you. You know, libraries all across the country have rights to ebooks and audiobooks, and it'll and you essentially connect, put your local library number or whatever, and it gives you access to all the ebooks that the library has. But it also gives you access to audiobooks as well for free. I actually Colby, yeah. uh, Colby turned to be onto it. I have heard heard it. Um, I've never used it though, but yeah, that 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 could be a good replacement for um, for Audible. I don't just feel like I don't I don't really use it as much anymore because well, I'm not yeah. driving all over the place. But this is better because it's free, of course. So I'll check that out. Libby, save that to favorites. Cool. Save save the steak demi gloss. The McGlue and the red wine chocolate cake. Save that to favorites too. And, uh, oh hell yeah! Definitely revisit that another day, Matt. Matt uh, what a treat this has been! I hope everyone out there enjoyed a glass with us and learned a little something about wine here on this episode. Uh, we always appreciate you joining us as always. And Matt, I got to tell you, we got some really great stuff coming up here on the program. We do. We got some some good content for 2021. And if I'm looking at the calendar, we over the next. One, two, three, four, four weeks or so. Um, we're going to be doing a uh, live commentary on Super Bowl half past Super Bowl halftime shows. And Matt, I've got some lined up. I know you haven't seen, and they are shocking. Uh, we are also, of course, doing our Super Bowl prop bets uh, again this year. Which I'm so Matt. Do you have Do you have any sort of uh, predictions as to who's going to be making the Super Bowl this year? I've got my yeah. I've got my 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 wishes, and I've got my realities so my wish is of course for my saints to be in it um yep and i've got let me tilt tilt the camera there so we got my saints flag right there um so if it's uh my wish is that it's going to be saints bills that's my wish because i feel like i wouldn't really be too disappointed either way uh with the outcome of that obviously i'd be a little disappointed if the saints lost but if um if the Bills beat them, you know, it's it's the Bills. It's like, who expected the Bills to do this? I guess I feel the same way to a lesser extent about the Browns because I feel like the Bills deserve it, and I feel like the Browns mm-hmm. don't because they play in Cleveland. And yep. I, it's just, the, to me, it's their, it's your fault for being in Cleveland. So, um, but I, I would be, I'd be all right either way. My, my realistic, though... I think it's just like the same as everybody else, Chiefs, Packers. I think that's what everyone is kind of expecting. It's what Ve- the Vegas line has uh, cooked up. I just hope it's not Tom Brady and the Bucks. That would be that would be real sad. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't think they're. they're and I believe the Saints beat the Bucks the two other times they played them this year. Correct. So. Yeah. So they're they're looking for the three peat on on this Sunday. I'm, I'm not as worried, but no, but no I. I, I I agree, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I'd really love to see the Bills. They're sort of the them and the Browns to some degree are kind of my underdog root forum teams. Um, I, I do see the Bills giving the Chiefs a good game, uh, but in the NFC, you look at the Saints. It's like they've just had such bad luck in the playoffs the last couple of years, and I just keep thinking like. Is this the year? And I'm, and I'm like, like, I look at this team and I'm like, I just, they've had from COVID problems to Drew Brees problems to, I just don't know. The Packers are firing on all cylinders. I don't know. That's going to be a real tough one. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't doubt. And also you have the added factor going in uh, that I think makes all Saints fans a little a little queasy is that it's going to be at Lambeau field, the, the, you oh, know, yeah. the home game. Cause the Packers, the number one seed. So the saints will be playing in the cold again, but then again, you have the, I think when they, you know, you have the, the, the remembering the last super, the saints last super bowl, win. they had to beat Minnesota in Minnesota, I think to get there, but they were in a dome, right? So it's um, a little different anyway. Yeah, I, I just 
I do on some level root for Aaron Rodgers a little. I think he's too good to only retire with one Super Bowl. Like, I think he should win another. I do think he's that good. Um, but I feel the same way about Drew Brees. But I just think Drew Brees, I mean, let's be real. It's probably his last year. So I, there's a lot of good storylines. We're going to talk about all of them. And, of course, we're going to make our famous Super Bowl prop bets, whether it's the, the coin toss. The halftime show, Matt, is – did you see who's performing this year? It is The weekend. I cannot name a single song from The weekend. I know two songs by him. So I have, <laughs> it's I have, be very have an advantage hard. over you. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I'm, I'm already going to – I'm going to start doing my homework um, as we get into the episode to, to find some songs by The weekend. It's going to be great. So stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get podcasts. Look for Up for Debate. We're on all the major platforms and, of course, at our own website, upfordebate.tv. And, of course, you can follow us at Up for Debate TV on Twitter or email us upfordebatetv at gmail.com. Uh, Matt, that's all we've got tonight. I've got to go finish this bottle of wine. Uh, but we appreciate everyone for being here. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Have a great evening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.